0: Check the mic and
1: make sure it
0: sound right, boys. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. This week, we have the first Canadian off-road rider to win a major off-road championship in the United States. He won the 2018 Works Pro 2 Light Championship. Hails from Calgary, Alberta. His number is 17. So coming up next time, we have Spencer Wilton. Uh, so you're Spencer Wilton, number 17, uh, and this year you're you're running with Gas Gas, correct?
1: Yeah, so um, I signed a two-year deal with Gas Gas for uh, some U.S. races and Canadian races.
0: Nice. And um, so that that's pretty that's pretty cool. Like uh, uh, you you and you and uh, Tristan Hart have been making the news on the Dirt Bike Network. Uh, you seem to be like. <laughs> Every, every second story is, though, uh, is you guys. Um, you made the, I don't know, the the transition to pro, uh, like, three years ago?
1: Um, yeah, 2017. 2017. I went. 2017, I'll kind of just break it down real quick. So, yeah. it was the first round of Enduro Cross in Las Vegas. And I was kind of, like, on the edge of being in the pro class, like, a lower pro. But being, like, one of the top amateurs. Yep. And I wanted to win amateur because it's an AMA championship. So I really – I never got an AMA championship, and I was pretty bummed about that. I, like, was in amateur for three years, almost got it twice. And, uh, yeah, missed out on that twice. So I was pretty bummed. But, yeah, 2017, um, first round in Vegas, I went in kind of just expecting – for like a top three in amateur yeah and i didn't know what i was going to do like i kind of wanted to move up to pro but i kind of wanted to win the championship so i told myself that if i qualified for pro i was going to try to do it so i went in and i i did the, the heat or the main event for amateur won that nice and then the way it works is if you win amateur they invite you to race the pro lcq okay So I won amateur and then they invited me to race the pro lcq on stage and I it was just everything was right there So I was just like yeah, sure i'll do it. So I went in And raced the pro LCQ, Won the pro LCQ, and went straight to the main event in pro So that was it was pretty crazy going going my first My first race of the season not even thinking I was going to be like a top three amateur and just going straight into the pro class from there so
0: that's crazy and like the last chance qualifying race how much time is there between that and the the next race it's like 5 minutes isn't it
1: yeah like the the last chance qualifying race was on the line yeah. as i was doing my speech so i basically finished my speech on the podium i was still like dead from the amateur race i went straight onto my bike right back onto the line and they dropped the gate for the pro C Q, so I was, like, that was probably one of the biggest moments for me going in there and winning the ProLTQ. And I think, I can't remember, but I'd have to pull up the results. But I think there was, like, some pretty decent guys in the pro too. So, I think they take the top two. Pretty sure it was the top two. So. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I was pretty stoked to get the win on in that straight from amateur. And it was kind of a cool way to jump up. And that's also part of the reason why I changed my number to 17 is because, that year I finished 17th overall in the pro class oh nice and 2017 was the year that I went pro so that's why I like I wanted to switch from a three digit number to a two two digit number yep yeah. so I just yeah it was just 17 just made sense so now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping to drop the uh, drop the seven here you get a, a one years yeah get a one so
0: that'd be nice but yeah
1: I gotta gotta keep training though Tristan and all those guys are so fast so they're hard to beat.
0: Yeah, but it's good like uh uh riding with guys that are that are faster is the only way to get faster. Like once you're the at the front line and you're training buddies, then there's unless you got like a guy who's like at your heels all the time, there's really hard it's difficult to get faster. Like Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah. But yeah, once you're winning just like like you see like Haker and Cody and you know, all those guys, when they got on when they got on winning notes, it's like they can't be stopped. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it kind of works both ways. If you're winning, once you get on like a winning streak, it's almost like you just keep building off like your wins and you just keep going. Momentum. It's, but yeah, the momentum just gets rolling and you get things start clicking and everything seems to work out. That's so. crazy.
0: And uh, um, so for, for 2021, you guys have a racing season, yeah? Like, it seems everybody's yeah, open. i
1: I'm, I'm I'm contracted to do the AMA Hard Enduro's in the US and the AMA Enduro Cross again. Yep. Yeah. And then it's kinda weird, I've never I haven't been contracted to race in Canada for a couple of years, but I'm contracted now to do the uh, Red Bull Outliers in Calgary. Yep. Yeah. And then the Corduroy Enduro out in Ontario. So I'm pretty excited to get Get up to the quarter. Where I've been trying to do it for a couple of years, a couple of years, but it's overlapped with a couple of U.S. races that I've been doing. So
0: yeah, as Canadians, we never time it right.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's yeah.
0: The the Red Bull out out uh, liars in Calgary. That's a crazy race. Like uh, I know. Yeah,
1: where- I was- that one's pretty gnarly, especially when they do it in the fall and it's, like, snowing and ice, like, sleet and everything's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty gnarly, uh, gnarly two years ago.
0: It's it, And it's, it's cool to, I guess, show not show off, but represent in the hometown.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, like, I'm pretty excited to uh, to represent for all the, all the Canadian folk and all the Calgarians, too. And yeah. hopefully, I, I know two years ago I, I was fourth overall on the first day. And they didn't do the second day because of the snow, but yeah. So I I finished fourth overall in that, and I was pretty pretty excited about that. So no hopefully, doubt. looking for a podium on the next one now. Nice. Build off that, and.
0: The, the, so, we we spoke on the phone a little while ago. And your twenty twenty season was pretty rough, eh? Like uh, you're going through some stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was kind of crazy. Twenty twenty. I guess it would have been 2019. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been 2019. So 2017 was a good year for me. I signed with RPM at the end of the year. And, uh, that was the year that I went and moved up to pro. So it was like a learning year. It was, uh, no, I was on Honda 2017. Okay. And, I finished off the year, made three pro mains for enduro cross. And like, it wasn't as great as I wanted it to be, but I mean, it's so hard when you move up and you're like, I was still in high school. Yeah.
0: Like you're a young guy.
1: Just a kid still. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like I wasn't really, I was like kind of focused on racing and stuff, but at the same time I was like going out, like fishing with friends and like just doing like kid stuff. (laughs) So, 2018 was probably my best year. The first year on RPM, I went and did the Work Series. I raced three series that year. I raced Works, Endurocross, and Hard Enduro. Okay. And I won the Pro 2 Lights Championship in Works. So, I was pretty pumped about that. I don't think any Canadians ever got a Works Championship. Oh, wow. So, I was pretty stoked on that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that there's no one that's ever got one in Canada. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And then, yeah, it was a good year. I think I finished off in EnduroCross, like, 13th. So better, better than the year before. Yep. And then 2019, um, I was down in the States in January. And I was down there for the RPM photo shoot again. I signed with them for 2019 and I don't know what happened. Like I came home and a week after coming home, I got really, really sick and I was in bed for like a month almost. So it was kind of weird. I was down there down in California for a month, got home super sick and I found out that I had a parasite, but the parasite wasn't common in Canada. Okay so I must have gotten it when I was in the U.S. I think it was from the tacos, and, yeah, I got super sick, and then all year it kind of just snowballed, and I had these outbreaks, like, every couple, of, every couple of weeks I'd have a bad outbreak, and I'd just be super sick to the point where I had no energy because all my food was just going straight through me. I thought I was, like, gluten-free, and I went on a bunch of crazy diets, and I couldn't find out what was working, and it was to the point that it was so bad as I like, couldn't even get out of bed. I'd have to text my mom to get her to bring me whatever I needed. Like if I needed water or something, I wouldn't need, I had no energy. I couldn't even walk down the stairs. I wouldn't Holy even take God. showers for like weeks because I would like a week at a time. I wouldn't take a shower. Cause like, like had no energy. I didn't even want to take a shower. Cause yeah, I just, I couldn't even get out of bed. That's crazy. It was to the point. Yeah, it was pretty wild. It was to the point where like, I couldn't even watch TV because watching TV took too much energy. Holy out of me. God. So I just laid in bed and I didn't play on my phone or anything. I just slept all day. Like at some days, some days I would sleep for. I would wake up at like eight in the morning, maybe eat like, eat like some rice or something like super plain food. I was eating like rice and steamed carrots. That's for breakfast, neat. no butter or nothing. Just like just really, really basic plain nutrients. food. yeah just trying to get anything i could into my body so it was pretty crazy yeah i got super sick lost a bunch of weight and at the same time i would get these little like these little windows that i would be fine for a week or two so i would go training and stuff and that was sick at the races all the time and yeah it was it was bad so um at the end of the year, I found out after endurocross. Endurocross, I I had I held on by the thread of a needle. I don't know how I, I don't know how I made it through endurocross, but yeah. I think I finished twelfth that year, so I was one position better than the year before. Yeah, which I have no clue. I had no clue how because I would like. I think I went to the LCQ every single race. I was just a full-time LCQ. Oh guy. wow. <laughs> Like, I was barely making it out of the LTQ. There's some videos of me in the LTQ, like, last lap, like, almost crashing, barely, like, almost looping out, barely hanging on to the bike. I had no energy. I couldn't hold on. So I would just, like, ride super mellow. And I finished off that. And then right around Outliers was when it got super bad. I got really, really sick right around Outliers. And I wasn't going to race Outliers because of it. Okay. So... I did because I I don't know I just I, dude, I'm just a, I'm a racer I can't yeah. I can't sit on the sidelines it's just so hard for me to sit on the sidelines so I did outliers and then the week after outliers I went in and got a colonoscopy and found that I had Crohn's disease so as soon as I found out that like I kind of just went into the hospital and it was, it's the weirdest thing I went in. And they basically just come out of the room and tell me I have Crohn's disease and I have no clue what it is or like what I need to do to treat it or like if I'm going to live or anything. I had no clue what it was. <laughs> so it was kind of scary at first. I'm driving home in the car with my mom and I'm like thinking to myself, if I'm ever going to be able to race again, I had no clue what it was. So yeah. I uh, yeah, I got online instantly and started doing a bunch of research and then I got a a really good doctor and he got me on this drug called Humera. Okay. So now I'm doing, I'm giving myself a shot every two weeks. It's like a spring loaded needle and I got to do it in my stomach or my legs. Okay. So I do that every, every second Tuesday. And after like the first dose, probably three or four days later, I started to like feel a lot better. And I like, I lost all the color in my skin and everything. I was like pale almost. So it was pretty bad. But yeah, I started coming back. As soon as I got on this drug, I started coming back pretty quick. And then just like weeks started ticking by and I just started getting better and better and better. And even now, I'm still not fully recovered. But I've got a couple, I've had some some blood tests and stuff and I've talked to my doctors and they're saying that the inflammation's almost, so basically what Crohn's is is just inflammation in your colon colon and intestine. Okay. So now I've found that I have almost, well, I don't have none, but I have it under control. So I still have inflammation, but it's under control with this drug now. So now I'm kind of living a normal life. I got to be a little bit careful with what I eat and stuff, but, Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to get back on track here. It's like almost, I think kind of like 2020 was honestly kind of a blessing because all the COVID stuff, I mean, the races weren't fully, fully going. So every time, every day or week that I'm, that I'm training or just like every week that goes by, I'm just getting stronger and stronger. So that's awesome. So yeah, it's just trying to get back on track. And I didn't even know if I was going to race 2020. I was like, 2019, I was ready to quit. Because after being so sick and just grinding all year, it was so hard. It was it was bad, too. I actually had one race where I like I actually shit my pants in Calgary <laughs> at the track. So it was kind of funny. Like, no one really knows, but it was bad. Like, that's how sick I was. Is that- I was like... Just couldn't couldn't control my stomach at all. So that's crazy. I was down at TKO in uh, Tennessee. It's the Red Bull Tennessee Knockout. Yeah. One of the biggest hardened rows in the U.S. And I drove like my parents drove all the way down there in August, and I was still sick. I had no clue what was going on yet. We go down, and I'm like, I ran some pretty good times. Like I was feeling good, and then right before the main event there was a last chance qualifier and I was supposed to go into it and I couldn't even make it cause I was in the outhouse. So my oh. parents are like banging on the door and they're like, you gotta come <laughs> out. And I was like, I know, like, you don't understand. I couldn't like, I had to skip the last chance qualifier for, for the main yeah. because I had like, I'd get really, really bad stomach cramps. So like to the point where I couldn't even move, like I, I couldn't move. I couldn't walk or anything when I got stomach cramps. So I just, I was just in and out. I was slowly dying, as I thought. But no, I was pretty bummed, and my parents were bummed too. And it, it was scary because we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So it's like kind of weird to to have something like that happen and and not know not know what it is or <laughs> what's happening. Oh heck kinda yeah, weird, but.
0: You're lying in bed near death. Uh, you shit every time you're having a good time. <laughs> like, yeah. You know it's it just sounds. Yeah, it sounds like the nightmare
1: stuff. Yeah, it it was bad. I was going to the bathroom like 20 to 30 times a day.
0: Holy crow.
1: I couldn't even, like, I didn't sleep through the night at all because I was up every single hour. It was almost like every single hour or two I had to go to the bathroom. That's brutal. So I was, like, getting absolutely no sleep during the night either. So it was bad. I was always tired and yeah, no, I had to get IVs a couple times because, like, I got three IVs or something because... That's insane. Just because I couldn't I couldn't get, yeah, to just get the nutrients back in my body. The IVs were, like, the only thing that made me feel like I had energy.
0: We're, um, so you are in the States during a lot of
1: this? Like- well, no, I was, like, back and forth. So I was in the States a bit, but I never actually stayed down there at all. It was weird, too, getting on all these crazy diets. Like, I feel so bad for people that are gluten-free not yeah. by choice. Yeah. Like gluten-free or like dairy-free. I was all that. Like every diet you can think of I was on.
0: Not just trying <laughs> to find the cure. Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, at one point I think for this one cuz I went through so many doctors cuz all these doctors didn't really have a clue what was going on. Yeah. Like they, it took three doctors, three or four doctors to figure out what was going on. And this one doctor put me on this crazy diet for 2 weeks. And all I was allowed to eat was rice, plain white rice and uh, and steamed carrots. Oh man. For three meals a day, three meals a day. That'd for get rough two weeks.
0: That would get rough.
1: So like imagine like waking up and having to eat plain. like and I I absolutely hate carrots. <laughs> I hate them. I don't eat I don't even like them now. I won't eat them. They're yeah, just, I imagine. I hate them. I've always hated them. Even like with ranch dressing or anything on them. Carrots suck. I hate them. The worst vegetable. Like, imagine waking up every morning for two weeks and having to eat the food that you hate the most. It sounds pretty just horrible, plain man. Plain white rice, and you can't have any seasoning, no yeah. salt on it, no butter. Just plain.
0: Yeah, that's prison food.
1: Oh, yeah, that was prison food. For two <laughs> weeks straight breakfast, lunch, and dinner I was like, I was ready to pass away at that point. And I was over it. <laughs> what about your
0: sponsors? Were they there for you at the time, or were they getting worried about you?
1: Well, yeah. So here's the thing: like, it was kind of weird because the like I told the RPM team manager what was going on, but at the same time, each individual team sponsor didn't know what was going on. Okay, yeah. And I didn't really have answers for them. Like, I basically was just telling them, "I'm like, yeah, I'm sick again. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm um, gonna go to this race, but I'm sick, so don't expect me to do like good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of weird." being in that position no one knew I didn't know they didn't know so it was like they were there for me they're still supplying me with all like everything that I needed to get to the races and I was going to the races trying my best and doing all that but I mean it's kind of it's not the best when you go from winning a championship to like getting 20th every single race
0: yeah that's the next
1: year so it, it was it was more hard on me than than them I think but it definitely affected me a little bit the season because I didn't really have results to show. I didn't really have any results to be like, all right, yeah, I got it. I got a championship again this year. Yeah, it was kind of like 2018 was was my thing, and 2019 was just a full full bust.
0: Oh boy. That's brutal.
1: And it's not like I was injured. Like I, it wasn't like oh, uh, like I had a broken arm. I couldn't go to the races. I was just like, yeah, I had stomach aches, and they're like, oh, you could race with the stomach ache. Yeah. I was like, no, you don't understand. These stomach aches are next level.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my god. But yeah, god. it was
1: pretty cool. I met this guy in uh, Montana. His name's Tom, and he kind of brought like. He brought me back kind of, I was I was bummed out. I was ready to quit racing because it wasn't fun anymore. After training, like being sick and racing, being sick, it just wasn't fun. Yep. So I, I like, I was ready to quit. And, and then, yeah, I met Tom and he, he offered me some really good support in the U.S. again. Yep. And it was kind of just like, I don't know, it just, it just it lit a fire under me again. So. 2020 was just, like, a growing year. I wasn't really expecting to – I didn't really have any ex- expectations going into the season for 2020. Yep. I just wanted – I just knew I was going to – like, I kind of knew I was going to do better than the year before. But, yeah, I was getting under control, and I could actually, like, stay on the bike with having without having to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So I was pretty excited just, to, just for that. But, yeah, no, I think it was, like, first day that I slept – all through the night was the best day that I had in like a year. That's awesome. It was so weird. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like after laying in bed for so long, you kind of, you just like, you realize the small things in life. So now I'm like, now I'm like, I live in the moment and I try not to like, if I get the opportunity to do something, I do, if I'm, if I want to do it, I do it. So it kind of gave me a different outlook on life and made me, made me realize a, a lot of things that like health is huge
0: yeah it's something you take for granted right until it's taken away from oh, 100%. you oh
1: 100 yeah 100 yeah, percent. and i i always did take it for granted too but now i'm like um i look at life way differently and especially oh. like all those people that are locked up in the hospitals and stuff you and i know how it feels because i was basically there
0: yeah yeah you yeah know? man um and so uh you you're out what in Kelowna now enjoying the sunshine?
1: Yeah, I'm down. No, not I'm in uh, I'm in Van like right near Vancouver Langley area.
0: Oh okay, yeah. And it's like I saw. Yeah, so riding in the sand. Uh,
1: yeah, not not so much enjoying the sunshine. It's more no. it's more the rain. <laughs> yeah,
0: fair enough. Eh? It's not it's not like here right now. We got like I think it's minus twenty eight with the wind chill or something brutal like that. Uh, yeah, so you're you're winning <laughs> temperature wise. Yeah. Sad sad for the rain. Sorry about that. Uh, and so, no,
1: the rain's good. The rain's good. I like it.
0: Uh, and uh, so your new your new bike's the Gas Gas bikes. How do how you like in those ones?
1: They're Cause... honestly pretty good. Like, I'm not a Gas Gas salesman
0: nope. or anything.
1: Yeah. I'm not now. a bike salesman. <laughs> but they're like, I've never gelled with a bike as good as I have on the Gas Gas. Like, I literally just jumped on it the first day, and I felt 100% comfortable. And they're like people think that they're like they're like oh it's just a red ktm yeah but they're all they're all they're actually quite a bit different they like they handle a lot different and even just like the motors have some small small little things that they've changed on them and upgraded so yeah like it's a full it's their it's their own brand and they're they're probably like for off-road or people just getting into riding, they're probably one of the best bikes out there. Oh, they're, nice. Like, they're nice and light. They come, out, come with the e-start and...
0: Which is huge. For suspension.
1: Endurance. The new suspension on them is really good. I've been running my 300 with just stock suspension. Yeah. And it's so good. I don't. I, I was just talking to my suspension guy this morning, and I was going to get some WP Pro components on it, but uh, I don't even think there's a point. I'm just going to keep, keep the stock stuff and...
0: That's crazy. And yeah,
1: but no, I've been I've been having fun down here. It's kinda nice. Normally I'm in California, Arizona, January, February, yep. and March. But and that's usually like you're praying for the rain so that you can ride wet dirt. Okay. But out here it's always wet. So I've been doing <laughs> like I've been I rode in the rain. I've been riding in the rain almost every day. I've always kind of lacked in the slippery the slippery stuff. Even at the Enduro cross races at the end of the night the tracks get wet because it gets like, it'll get dark out and the moisture will come through the dirt or there's a water pit and it gets dragged around the track. And that's honestly where I struggle is in the wet. I've always been like, I've always been like a fair weather rider, even at the hard (laughs) Enduros. I kind of funny to say like, I'm an Enduro guy. So I like everybody's like, Oh yeah, you should be good in the mud. And I am good in the mud, but compared to some of like the off-road guys, those guys are unreal in the mud. They're so, I'm, (laughs) I don't know what it is. Maybe it's cuz I'm I'm quite a bit lighter than a lot of them. Yeah. So getting like weight on the pegs and stuff is a lot harder for me and getting traction to the rear wheel is definitely a lot. like I'm not complaining that I'm light, but I think it's harder for that for sure. I've not I'm not much of a wet rider. I oh, like
0: sure.
1: it. Yeah. I like it and I have fun riding in the wet, but I'm better in the dry. Yeah. I didn't I, I didn't choose it. I just it's just what happened, I guess.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Have you thought about maybe getting coaching from like uh, top female riders for wet? Like it sounds weird, but their their technique would be different because they don't ride like guys do. We don't they they probably can't throw their hundred and ten pounds around the way I could throw my two hundred pounds, like using yeah. wet as an advantage.
1: Well, I mean a lot of it's just like a lot of it's just like standing. I haven't actually thought about that, but a lot of it's just like normally the women we're on different courses, but I mean, sometimes, sometimes they'll ride the same course as the men. Yeah. But yeah, it's like most of it's just like weighting the pegs. Like if I need to, like if there's a big, big hill climb yeah. or just like a, a decently steep hill with like a rut on it and it's filled with mud. If you got like a guy that's a little bit heavier, getting that weight on the rear tire helps a lot more than like getting like I'm only like a hundred and, 40 pounds or something so yeah. i'm not as heavy as like if you're one i mean even like i ride with kevin dupuy a lot and he's pretty close to my weight but i think even like he's got 20 pounds on me but i think even that just helps him a little bit so yeah i've been working on it though i've been i got i'm working with uh migration unlimited for they're helping me out with a bunch of my training stuff this year
0: nice.
1: they got a program set up for me so brad clifford he he runs that and he's a really good guy and Kind of the goal is to gain some weight and get the cardiovascular system firing and firing in all cylinders. So
0: that's awesome. what's the the one race you absolutely want to win?
1: I want to win the Corduroy Enduro. That's like okay. the biggest one almost in Canada. Evan Smith won it two years ago against Tristan. So there's some fast guys there, but it's kind of my style, and like the guys that are out east have been doing the same track. So I've been, yeah, I've been like, I've been thinking like, that's probably the one in my goal. Like I got a list of goals and that's probably the one that I, that I want to win the most is nice. Corduroy.
0: So your parents are a big part of your, your support team, right? Uh, are, are they still, are they still there every race or, because of COVID is it making it harder for them or?
1: Yeah. It's kind of funny. It, like they don't even let me race on my own. It's kind of, It's kind of funny. I tried to, I tried to go to this moto race when I was 18 or something and they drove out for the day. It was in Raymond and I drove out with a bunch of friends and we camped and they, they drove out for the day and surprised me on race day and came out like it was the first race I was going to do on my own. I was kind of bummed, honestly, because it's kind of nice just to get out and like do things on your own.
0: Yeah, I believe But It is
1: nice to have your parents there too, but it's, it's definitely, I don't know they didn't come to any races this year okay. in the U S just because of COVID and my dad's working and my mom didn't want to have to deal with all like the quarantine stuff. Yeah. So two even though she sits at home and she, that's what she's doing anyway. She just yeah, didn't no. want to have to be told what to do. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome. exactly. It's, it's honestly not even that bad. Like the I don't know why everybody's freaking out about the quarantine. It's, it's honestly not bad. Like to take two weeks off, do, like, whatever you got to do around the house. Yeah. It's a nice time to relax, honestly, too. Yeah,
0: fair enough. You ride with a lot of guys like uh, Cooper and, and, and Tristan and all those guys. Um, do, you, do you have any rivalries? Like, is anybody... Uh, um. May, may, maybe not, like, the evil WWE kind of rivalry, but, like, uh, between, <laughs> yeah. be, between bros kind of, like, push each other, mock each other.
1: Me and, I don't know, me and Tristan kind of, like, we don't really have a rivalry, but... We push each other pretty hard on the practice track, Yeah, I think. So, I mean, it's good because, like, I've had days with him where we won't even do motos. One day, a couple of days at his track, we would, right before Cross season, there was this 180-degree turn, and we just rode the 180-degree turn all day just practicing practicing like slamming each other. Like we were T boning each other. That's awesome. Full metal on metal contact. Like <laughs> it was like kinda like take no prisoners. It was like if you're on the inside of the corner and and the guy on the outside was getting creamed. Oh, like God. we were we were riding so aggressive and we just did loops on it too. Yeah. We were just like riding a a circle loop hitting this one one eighty corner and there was a log jumping into it. So basically like we would go through the rock section together. Yep. Yeah. And most of the time I was on the outside.
0: Oh, so that's. And we
1: would get like, but it was kind of funny because Tr- so Tristan was doubling into the corner and I was doubling too. So every time I would double in, he would double into the inside of me and slam me. Yeah. So, but it was kind of funny because we would do that 10 times. And then the, like the 11th time I would roll the logs and he would double and overshoot. And I would step up underneath him and slam him on the outside. So it's kind of funny. He doesn't like getting hit by me very much. And I, even in the motos, like, if we're doing a moto and he's passing me or whatever, it's, like, full on, like, trying to kill each other. Nice. Like, we We'll, like, T-bone each other. And I got some GoPro footage. I just didn't want to share it because we were, like, it was too aggressive to share, I thought. Oh, it looks it hostile. Yeah even even sometimes like we'll crash and we'll take each other out and he'll get mad and like start pinning me down on the ground <laughs> i got some funny footage where um i've like went on the inside of him and he's crashed and i've crashed too and our bikes are all tangled up and um, he'll just jump on me and start throwing dirt in my helmet what <that>? So, but I mean, like, we're, like, we're really good friends. So, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like, we think it's funny. Like, we're just joking around. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, like, teaching both of us how to ride, not so much aggressive, but just ride protective. Because, yeah. I mean, when, like, Colton probably isn't the cleanest rider out there. Yeah. So, I mean, Tristan, if he doesn't have anyone to ride with that, like, when he goes out on race day, those guys will just eat him up, like, he needs to know how to be able to, to defend bang himself. back with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think I, I helped him out a lot. I told him that – I told him he was being a bitch on the track and that he was, like, the worst the worst protective rider ever. I think – I personally think that I'm pretty good. But I kind of, like – I don't know. Maybe I get, like, too aggressive sometimes. Tristan's, like, the nice guy. I, I don't really – I'll ride whatever. I don't care. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, he's, like, a sweetheart. I try right to as be as well.
1: nice, though. So I'm not going to – I don't want to, like – hurt anyone, but if you can definitely, it's like, if you can pass someone and you be aggressive and it will help you, Yeah. then definitely, like, it's, it's a, hard to pass. And Duracross is hard to pass because you either got to be just straight up faster. A lot of us are, like, pretty close to the same speed. And you'll get, stuck. like, if you go wide in a corner, three it. guys will slam you on the inside. Like, yeah. they'll come, three guys will come on the inside off the start and slam you if you go outside. Yeah. So you got you got to be like always. You can't really like you can't look back a lot, but you just got to be like you got to be self-aware of who's behind you. Yeah. Because there's some riders that will like they'll clean you out. That's brutal. If you're in front of them, they'll clean you out. Like they don't care. But
0: it's a game of inches. I really
1: have. What's that?
0: Like endurocross is a game of inches. Like if you've got the right position as you go over a bunch of rocks or whatever, you're the one that's going to make it. And the guy being two mm-hmm. inches over to the right or to the left, he got fucked. Now he's got like a shitty line. And so I could see why people would push each other around, like just to get the the spot, the nice line. Because it's like they only build. Yeah, no,
1: like lines are huge. If you yeah. got one line that's clicking for you and you're just hitting it perfect every time. Yeah. And someone else is going in it and you got to get out of it. Like you could lose. You could get hung up or get or lose like a a couple seconds. Yeah. Seconds like that's if bike you lengths. lose a couple seconds. If you if you lose a couple seconds in an euro it's like four guys get by you. Yeah. I mean running like I I hole shotted a couple motos this year. Oh nice. Down in the US and like running top five for a couple motos. I had one moto, I ran top five to the last lap and two guys got by me on the last lap and I finished seventh. Oh man. So I was pretty bummed about that. Like, a top five would have been crazy for me. Yep. That's what I... Like, I've been gunning for top five for so long. I ran top five till the last lap. I think two races I was top five for quite a few laps. But one one specific race, I was top five till the last lap. And Cooper Cooper, and Max Gershon got by me on the last lap. And they just, like, they passed me and they were gone. Like, because the last lap is usually where... Passes happen yeah. because people are getting tired, and there you get caught up in lappers too. Yeah. So, I mean, pat, lapping people on the neurocross is hard because normally the lappers are gonna take the main line. So you, if you're lapping, you have to get out of the main line to lap them. Yeah. So that 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 just brings up the chance of getting hung up or getting passed. Like someone could follow the lapper. And if you hit the rock section, if you're hitting the rock section, it takes you 10 seconds to get through it. On your fast line, if you get out of that and go 15 seconds in, a, in, the, in the other line, yeah, someone can follow the lapper and get by you, use them as like a pick kind of.
0: Yeah, I get it.
1: It's kind of crazy. Like the last laps are crazy usually at a narrow cross. Everybody's fighting usually. Everybody's tired and everybody's fighting for like that last position. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like the, you can see... In races, when a guy is just following somebody because they're not making bad time, you know, and they don't mm-hmm. want to, and then yeah, and then on the last lap they're like, okay, hey, kids, see ya!" Like, yeah, just, yeah, it's uh, it happens like in Supercross. They do that. They'll be mm.
1: yeah. Cooper uh, Webb is big for that. Like, yeah, he'll follow to the last lap and then
0: then pour it on. He just get some yeah.
1: boost. Yeah, he just gets a boost of energy on the yeah. last lap and yeah, he makes like, some passes.
0: Do you have plans like, Erzberg and all that kind of stuff? Like, are you going to be one of those guys? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm still pretty young. Yeah. So I got lots of time. I know guys that, like, went up to Erzberg when they're 30 and stuff. I definitely want to go while I'm in my prime. Yep. Yeah. So I think, like, I'm not even – I'm still learning Harden Duro. Yeah. Like, Harden is something you learn. Like, you're always learning. Every time you go, up, you learn something. Yeah, I think so like even because it's weird because the conditions like no hills are the same they're always going to be different and even like the dirt conditions are always different too so you're always riding completely different dirt and yeah completely different lines so it's kind of like something like you're always learning and i just want to get some more experience riding hard and And get better at it, and then as soon as I start getting better at it, then I definitely want to go do like I've been thinking about trying to do like Romaniacs, yep. and Erzberg. is a gnarly one, so I definitely want to do it. Like Tristan went and did that, and it's pretty pretty sweet race. So I, yeah. yeah, I want to go over to Europe, and I want to. What I really want to try is some of the the um, super enduros, and okay. it's like the 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 enduro cross series yep. kind of overseas are so crazy the tracks are so gnarly
0: yeah the the scale the european scale is different than our scale just like when we go to america the scale of things is just insane like uh oh yeah get 100 people out in the fans stands at at wild rose and everybody's like pretty stoked and then if you had 100 <laughs> people at uh an event in in the states they're just like why didn't anybody show up <laughs> it's yeah like...
1: no it's like it's pretty next level down there it's yeah. crazy racing those enduro crosses with like all the people in the stands is so crazy, especially when you're when you're leading, they put a a spotlight on you, so it's like like you can see it, you can yeah. tell, like everything. It's so bright. the light's so bright when the spotlight's on you, it's and you can hear like it's almost like when the spotlight's on you, it turns like slow motion because you can like hear the announcer kind of yeah. So it's kind of it's like yeah, it's like everything goes slow motion.
0: It's, it's gotta be hard to ignore it. Like does, does it have a negative impact on you? Like that? I wouldn't when
1: say a negative impact, but it get like it definitely like when you when you're on the last lap and the spotlights on you, it gives you like an extra, like the adrenaline just boosts you. So
0: oh, nice! That's awesome. Like a drug. Here's your nitro kid. Yeah, spotlight, and I'm gonna say yeah. your name. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. What was the biggest challenge? I guess crossing over from purely Canadian racing to going against America, because that's what it feels like when we go down there. It's um, like we're fighting the nation.
1: Yeah, I mean. Ah that's a hard question. I mean honestly, you just gotta be like those guys down there are training like it's a job down there yeah no one's no one in Canada is riding like it's a job in the u s it's a full time job like there's guys that they are down there getting paid salary, so when you're getting paid salary to do it, I mean you don't got any excuses to be to not be doing good, so that's fair man you gotta yeah you gotta be you gotta be always doing something pretty much I mean now now with with all like the trainers and everything that I've had um I'm kind of learning that like if you go too hard that just leads to to injuries or like getting sick or stuff like that so I'm um, you kind of gotta find like a fine line about how hard you need to go yeah and then like recovery is huge so you need to make sure make sure that you're recovering and I think definitely, like, racing, like, you got to have a trainer, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's huge. Like, if you're getting paid salaries, it's no different than professional, like, hockey or anything like that. All those guys have trainers. Mm-hmm. So there's no need, There's no reason why, like, dirt bikers shouldn't have trainers and, and all that kind of stuff. So
0: I feel like the sport's coming along. Like, uh, there's more attention on it, more money going towards mm-hmm. it. You're not going to get rich, but you can have, like, a middle-class income and uh and survive and, and and cover all the bills like without without mm-hmm. having to be on the podium every single time just to make rent you probably don't do training sessions anymore hey like you were doing at a wild rose
1: i mean i do like i got this one kid named sawyer shell yeah. shell boy on instagram and it's kind of funny like when i was younger I had my, one of my dad's friends, uh, he's a professional, uh, jet ski racer. Yep. He's a world champion actually. So he's like really, really good on a jet ski and he's really good on a dirt bike too. And it's kind of like the way I grew up is like my dad didn't know a lot about dirt biking. Like he knew how to ride and stuff, but he wasn't a pro. Like he couldn't, like he could show me the odd thing that would help me. Yep. And just from even my mom, just from watching, like the years and years and years of sitting in the stands watching, even her, like she's learned a lot about just like form and technique and stuff, and she can tell me some stuff, and I, I don't like listening to her.
0: Yeah, well, why not?
1: <laughs> because I like she does this ride, but I mean, I mean, like she, like just watching, you can learn a lot. Yep. So yeah, I had this guy that his name's Mike Klubinstein, and he he was at the track a lot of the time when I was on fifties and he would come out on his, on his little, he had a pit bike. He would come out on his pit bike and and battle me on his pit bike. So I kind of had like a, like he was kind of like my mentor when I was young, when I was really, really young, he was kind of my mentor. Like I looked up to him. He was like kind of like my hero and he was good at everything. Like good at riding moto, good at off road. He was really good on jet skis. And he was there a, quite a, quite a bit of the time to show me things on the on the on the moto track. So I mean, all that goes a huge way. If you have someone that you can ask questions to, when you're young, it's hard because like kids don't know what to ask questions on how to do. Like they're not going to ask you like, "Oh, how did my form look on like this corner?" It's kind of a hard thing for for a kid to to get coaching. Yeah, unless you're like in the states and you got full time like if you're going like if you're going like almost full factory when you're a kid like all of those kids in the states are almost full factory
0: yeah it's and crazy. they're
1: getting like they get coaches and they get all that so if you got a coach or like a professional dad yeah that's good that can teach you that's a huge advantage so i got yeah i got this one kid Sawyer and i'm kind of I take a lot of my time out of the, when I'm at the tracks and stuff and I'll go do laps with him and I try to train him every time I'm there.
0: Yeah. That's pretty awesome.
1: So I've even like, and even in the summer, I've, I've had days where I've gone, I wake up at like seven o'clock and I'll drive to his house and we'll go hit like the YMCA gym and I'll do my workout and he'll just like, he comes to do the workout and he, he he didn't I got a very high attention span, so he'll he'll like lift a little bit of weight with me sometimes. It's kind of funny. I'll be like bench pressing, like I don't bench press much, but it's funny because he'll bench press like even less than me, <laughs> and we're just like doing our little workout. That's and he'll awesome. go off and like run around and hit every machine while I'm like doing one workout because he just he's he's running around. He's got too much energy.
0: Yeah, it's like ADD in the but gym. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so he's he's testing out all the equipment. He'll do, like, some small workouts. And uh, and then, yeah, I'll, like, we'll, I'll grab his bike from his house, and I'll drive him to the track. And him and I, like, we'll just ride together all day, and we'll, I'll train him and do my, like, enduro cross motos in between, and he watches me and, and all that. So, I mean, I kind of, like, he's one of the kids that's, like, the most dedicated to it in Calgary. A lot of people yep. don't really know but he like he rides the most out of anyone that I know in Calgary like That's awesome. the kid is the kid is gnarly he'll ride any conditions too he's so gnarly and it's kind of funny too even like when I was a kid too I was the same way like I could ride for hours and hours and hours of time no breaks
0: yeah
1: and I'm like he'll we'll be riding for like an hour and I'm like all right we should get a water break and I was like you want to come and he's like no I'm going to keep lapping and I was like all right you keep lapping I'm going to go take a water break. It's kind of funny. Yeah, he's, like, he's going to be really good when he's younger. And it's going to like, it's a huge advantage having someone that, like, I ride everything. I ride moto, and cross. Yeah. Hard, like, he, he wants to ride everything, too. Like, he'll, he calls it hard and girl, and, like, we'll go bushwhack, and he's on a 65. That's sick. And he's, like, he's, like, yeah, let's go ride hard and dural while we'll finding like, these little mini hill climbs, and he'll, like, try to <laughs> mess around on them. It's pretty funny, so I... Yeah, I'm, like, I've been training him a lot and teaching him a lot on the track. And I kind of, last year, I was pretty bummed because I was in the U.S. so much all year. And I came back and I, like, noticed some of his form was off from the year before. Like, the year before, he was pretty dialed in. But last year, I noticed he was, like, slacking a bunch. So, it's kind of funny how, like, you can tell after someone hasn't, like, seen, like, the same coaching. It's yeah. just you, you develop bad habits. Even myself, I'll, if, I don't, if I'm riding moto all the time and I go try to ride hard row, I can't ride hard and row because I develop all these moto, hab, mo, moto habits. And I'll try to ride hard and row, and I'll be, like, riding all up on the front of the bike, like, oh, yeah. really bad form. And that's the thing, Tristan. Tristan's really good at that. I don't know, like, how I can get better at it. I've been, like, trying to practice riding everything. Yeah. But, yeah, Tristan can go, and he'll ride trials for, like, three days and then hop on the moto track and be, like, oh, 100% speed on the moto track.
0: That's insane. Whereas
1: I'm, like, if I ride trials for three days, it'll take me a week to get good on the moto track again. It's yeah, <laughs> so,
0: different, different clutching, different body, different everything. Like
1: uh, They're 100% different. So yeah. that's, like, the super... The super tough thing about about yeah racing like when I did that full three series in in 2018 there it was that's like the hardest thing is having to like one weekend I'd be racing hard enduro the next weekend I'd be racing like fast moto oh works my. races and then the next race next, next weekend I'd be racing enduro cross so trying to like three different bikes yeah three different setups yeah. and three different types of training <laughs> so I'm trying to juggle like nine different variables of of racing. So yeah. it's, it's actually pretty gnarly.
0: You should try taking up road racing.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just fuck it all up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, exactly.
0: It, like, yeah, the, the only, I only have two bikes. I have like a, a sport bike and a, and a, dirt bike and the, the body language is almost opposite.
1: Uh, no, it's completely opposite. Yeah. On a street bike, you're like elbows down, all tucked in. Yeah. And on a dirt bike, you're like all like aggressive, like elbows up. Yeah. That's kind of a, thing. So
0: when I go for uh, street rides with with fellows who have like uh, a dirt bike background, I can totally tell just because of their elbows. Like, yeah, yeah, they're they're all like, yeah, the T bar elbows up, trying real hard to to like, I don't know, manhandle the front of the bike. Like, mm-hmm. and and I would not do that. <laughs> like, not a chance.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, no. even like I feel like such a goof if I go ride. I got my street bike license, and my dad, he's a big street biker. So, I'll go out and ride with him on the street bike, and I feel like a goon on the street bike. Like, yeah. I literally... I feel so weird, like, riding... Like, just sitting on one makes your posture, like, bad for a dirt bike. Yeah. Because you're, like, kind of, like, hunched back, elbows, like, tucked in. Just, like, the way the grips are lined up and everything, and, like, the bars are set up. Yeah. You... It just it just gives you bad moto form and you're, and you're even like your feet, like your feet, the, the, the way you put your feet on the pegs are like, you're slanted your feet like way down yeah. and you sit down the whole time too.
0: Yeah. It's hard. And
1: then I'll jump on the moto bike and I literally feel, I feel like my elbows are like tucked in and they're like way down. I feel like I'm riding a street bike as soon as I get on the moto bike. So, yeah. I try not to ride them honestly. I mean, there's a lot to learn. You can learn so much riding on the street, just not even going fast. You just go for like a street ride. Yeah, you can learn stuff that'll help you on the moto track. Just, it's kind of weird, but I just found that the um,
0: cornering, like, uh, so on the street bike, I will get my, I'll wait the outside peg, but I'll have my whole body on the inside of the turn. You know, and then mm-hmm. on, on moto, it's, uh, you wait the outside peg and you have your whole body on the outside of the turn. It's just like, it's just weird. Uh, and I feel super alien when I'm riding mo- moto. So it must be how, yeah, I feel like a goon when I'm riding moto and, uh, and I, I feel natural yeah. on a sport bike.
1: Whenever you ride more, that's like what your body used to. Yeah. Like I'm always been like, a kind of, like, I feel like my riding style is a little bit different than the moto guys. I feel like I stand up a lot more than them and I definitely ride a lot different than them. Cause I'm, I ride like a full, like, I'm almost full enduro. I don't ride moto. I just ride moto for fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Do the odd moto race here and there just just to keep up the moto skills. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not a moto guy. Like, my one goal in life, ever since I was a kid, was to learn how to whip.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: That was the only only thing I wanted to be able to do on a dirt bike. I thought it was the coolest thing. Like, I I don't even want to backflip or anything. I just thought whips were the coolest. So I've always wanted to throw a whip. So I kind of, like, I, I learned how to do it. I don't know how, like, honestly, it just takes time on the bike and yeah. just, like, confidence, and anyone can learn how to do it. But the whip is just, like, the biggest thing, and I just wanted to learn it. So I'm I'm happy I learned it.
0: That's awesome. It looks <laughs> so sick. It's when crazy
1: you, when you go off a jump and you, like, lean the bike over as far as you can and you like see the rear tire come around it's so weird
0: what about the the Bubba scrub
1: I can scrub like pretty decent but it, it's scary like yeah. big jump the bigger the jump the scary it is like the bigger the jump the smaller I whip I can't whip off big jumps I get scared because you like you get, you're in the air for so long uh. <laughs> like I mean you'd think it'd be like better to whip off but I would prefer just like a small table like a smaller tabletop and I can like I can, I got some videos of me throwing it pretty hard off small tabletops. I'm not even really scared of, of crash. I don't think I remember. I've crashed up my. Actually, I, I crashed that Blackfoot not too long ago. There's a funny video on my Instagram. I, uh, I scrubbed off the finish line and I like, I think I rolled up the throttle and I went too slow and I cased the top. Oh, and the bike like landed sideways on the top, and like whipped the other way, and threw me, and I like landed on my head, and did a full flip.
0: That's awesome. I mean, <laughs> it
1: was pretty bad, but. That's. Crazy. Other than that, I don't think I've had any whip crashes. Have you had any serious crashes in your career? I've had some pretty bad ones, but no bad, like no really bad injuries.
0: That's good. But, but... I think,
1: I mean, that's where like I think having a trainer comes in into play is. If you if you're proportionate, like if you work your muscles proportionate on your body, yep. I think that's huge for for injury. Like if you're if you're working, let's say if you're working your upper body all the time, and you got a huge upper body yep. compared to your legs. Like you're definitely gonna be more more prone to like knee or leg injuries if you have like if you're not working out everything equally. Yeah, like I think you got to work out everything equally so that. You're proportionate. Um, But, yeah, like, even just, like, stretching and rolling and being flexible, all that is huge for crashing. I think it helps that I'm light, too, is, like, having that that little bit less weight. Yeah. Just flying into the ground is, is definitely definitely helpful
0: i'm sure i could appreciate being lighter i hit the ground a lot on a dirt bike so
1: (laughs) yeah i feel i feel like half the time like i've had crashes where i'm going like fifth year and i feel like i just like i'm just like a skip like a stone just like skipping off the top that's (laughs) sweet like i'm getting rolled like i've got like i've crashed fifth year wide open and just got absolutely tossed oh man but at the same time i'm not like 180 pounds just like straight pancaking into the dirt i just kind of like I feel like I just bounce and like roll. Yeah, I don't know. Some people learn. Some people just learn how to crash, and some people, when they crash, they'll just stick out their arm and just break their arm. But I don't. I don't know. Like I, I've definitely had some close calls, and I've had some pretty bad crashes. Yeah. I think the worst one I've ever had was at Popgum at this little enduro cross race. There was a tire double. Okay. And I hit the wrong tire, and it bucked me into a into a nose dive. Oh. And I was nose diving and I jumped off and I landed and landed and slid out onto my hip. And then the bike flipped and landed on my hips and like kind of like squished me. And I had a huge, I cut a huge, I put a huge hole in my stomach. I had to get, I didn't have to get stitches, but it was bad. Like it was a really cut on my stomach. So
0: That's fucked.
1: I've been, I've been super lucky. I've had like a couple broken fingers here and there, broke my nose. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty. I feel like I'm pretty uh, resilient. Pretty, I'm not like I ride pretty careful. I don't myself too hard. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like even being like as a kid, I was always just doing like extreme stuff. Yeah. And I think that helps. Like even like freestyle skiing is huge because I used to freestyle ski, and if you're not like if you're not really precise on a rail or something like you'll, you'll tear your ACL or you'll crash and hurt yourself bad. Even in like the air, like even trampoline, if you have like really good air awareness, yeah. you, you can kind of know, like if, if you can kind of know what to do, you know, like if you're flying through the air and you got a dirt bike flying behind you, you can kind of tell where it is. Cause a lot of these times when you're doing flips, you know exactly where you are, even though you're upside down and like all twisted up, yeah. You know what way's forward and what way like when you're going to land and all that. Having good like aerial awareness and all that. Yeah. Like it's kind of funny like you would never think that you would need that, but I think just having like that kind of childhood yeah. helps me now.
0: Fair enough. When you uh when you send it off of a jump, uh at what point do you know that it's going to be a bad landing?
1: It depends. Sometimes it, like in enduro cross if you hit a jump, as soon as the rear wheel hits the lip, you can kind of tell if you're going to crash. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you can save it a lot of the time in the air like i've had i've had times where i've jumped and like landed completely sideways and saved it
0: oh wow that's crazy but
1: yeah i don't know it's like i think it helps it on the light too yeah if you land sideways and you got like an extra 40 pounds on you you're probably gonna get sprung the other way
0: yeah well yeah you're gonna press compress everything and get the rebound you keep saying light but maybe it's agility man maybe you just have cat like agility
1: That's what I'm saying yeah. like even like my childhood like i was always just like running around, jumping off stuff, like, just doing all sorts of stuff, playing. Like, we used to play all these games of, like, manhunt or whatever, and we'd be, like, running through the neighborhood, scaling fences and, like, jumping, like, on the parks and stuff and, like, climbing trees and stuff. I think all that stuff, I think all that helps out for sure. I
0: think so. I think so. Having a, I don't know, adventurous youth uh, helps you be, uh, like... Yeah, uh, definitely. And definitely a motorsport, like... I don't know. Anytime I fail, it's when I, it's when I'm in my own head, and uh, I'm afraid of what I'm doing, like uh, yeah. r- riding out of my comfort zone or whatever. Uh, like I, I am, I am a terrible, terrible moto athlete. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I if I make mid pack, I'm I'm pretty happy. It'd be like a race out of three people. Uh, watching you, watching Tristan, uh, you guys make it look so effortless, like you're not even trying. And uh, uh, I know that. You are like a, there's crazy focus, there's crazy dedication, there's tons happening, and it just looks so silky smooth. Like, mm-hmm. it's impressive, man. Um, well, I, I guess we, we made it to like an hour, so I'll uh, I'll let you go, man. I've used up your time, and I feel like you got no worries, you, you got some place to be pretty quick here.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm heading out riding, so yeah, I'm no days off these days for me. I'm trying to make the most of the of this nice, rainy, wet weather out here. Fuck,
0: man, it's. Yeah, like the the guys here would kill, uh kill to uh to Yeah, I've had a lot ride. of
1: guys messaging me asking me where I was and I'm like, I'm in Vancouver, come on out. Yeah, we'll anytime. Take you riding in the mud.
0: That's awesome. <laughs>
1: if you want. Sweet, yeah, sounds good. Thanks for right, having dude. me on. It was a good well, time to share. I'm I'm happy I get to like share my story a little bit.
0: No, man, and it's like it's a good story. Like uh I mean, uh you have it all, like you had your you had success and you had like the little the little plateau of, of uh uh, figuring out crones and stuff and then uh, call it like the, the, the return. And now this year you're going to be like on the top of the podium, like fuck top five, just be top three. <laughs> like Yeah. You know hopefully what I mean? yeah, It's a big story. Like, nice. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's got all the elements of like a, a grand story. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you I don't know. I feel for your parents. Uh, the, the crones thing must've been hard on them. Like watching their kid, I don't know, because you're a lively person, man. Like you have energy. Yeah. Right? And to see you, and just imagining you in a bed for months, uh, <laughs> it would be heartbreaking. Like.
1: Yeah, it was. It was hard, but I mean, I'm just putting all that behind me and.
0: Yeah. Oh. And fun. looking ahead and. Yeah.
1: The open road from here on out.
0: Yeah, man. It's just one chapter. Like it's in the past. It. it it's there, but who cares? Like. Uh, yeah, it's pretty exactly. awesome. Exactly. All right, dude. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I'll Can talk we- to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. I want to thank my guests for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. A special thank you to you, my supporters. Without you, this would not be possible. If you enjoyed the show, give it a five-star rating. And if you haven't already, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. If this is your first time listening I encourage you to take the three episode challenge once again thank you for your continued support and stay tuned to find out what's coming up next time